Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. Well, welcome to week one of a series we are calling the Parenting Playbook. And our desire over the series is to help you learn how to raise kids in a godly way in a world that is godless. How do we raise up godly children? And I'm really pumped about how this series is going to help you. And let me just say this, because I know our church is filled with a bunch of people that are not parents. There's a bunch of people here that are grandparents and aunts and uncles. There's people that want to be parents one day and you're not there. There's people that are like, we are done with parenting. We are so glad we're out of that season. I'm going to check out of this message series. No, 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 no. You need these notes. You're going to pass it down to your kids or you're going to pass it down to your, your friends that are struggling in this area because parenting is one of the most difficult things, but absolutely one of the most greatest blessings that God can bring into our life. And so there's so much purpose and there's so much potential in it. And so I want to help you out today. I think this series is going to be super helpful, super practical. Katie and I, if you don't know our story, we, uh, we have five kids that are 10 and under. And so we are just trying to figure this thing out. Right when we had our very first child, this phrase was given to me and I didn't understand it much then, but 10 years later, I understand it. It's right there in your notes today. And it says it like this, that when it comes to parenting, the day are long, but the years are short. The years are short. And there's moments, I remember hearing that, and every time we would have a, have a child, people would say, don't, don't, just want you to know, it's going to go by so fast. It's going to be go by so fast. And I'm like, there's no way. We go home and we're changing those diapers. It didn't go fast. It didn't go fast. And then you realize as the years go on, man, it's just like a, but a blink in the eye. And then they're grown. And then they're out of your house. And like, how do we handle parenting well? When Katie and I moved here to the vision of starting the church, we had one child and she was six months old. So I thought I wanted to throw up a little picture and show her this is my Lily. She was six months old. This is right when we moved to Tampa. Uh, this is in Lakeland. We were living there with my in-laws while we were trying to raise it, have support and a team here to start what God has done here at Radiant. And so we did that and that was our little baby girl. And, and so that was like everything we had and it was a lot of work and it was overwhelming. And then last Sunday, um, my that girl right there ended up doing transitions with my wife on the stage. That's her right there. And it's crazy how 10 years, I mean, just goes by so fast. And I had this moment where I'm just overwhelmed going, going it's only a matter of time before they're all, they're all grown and they're all out of our house. And, and how do we handle this season well? When we renovated our kitchen a couple of years ago, we had a full wall that they were like, hey, this is probably a good wall to put some pictures on. What pictures do you want? Do you want like family photos? I was like, no, I don't want family photos. I can see them right now. Like I see them. But then I put this up there, which are the photos of all of them as babies. And so that's, that's Katie and I in the far left, our wedding picture. And then it's all of my five little babies right there. Just to remind myself, man, it's, it's, it's a lot of work but it's going to go by real fast. And by the way, you could take those pictures and switch them around. We'd have no clue which one's the next one because it, they all look exactly the same. Today, when I start this message, I want to give you what I've titled three goals that every parent should have for their children. Three goals that every parent should have for their children. When it comes to parenting, what does winning look like? I don't know if you feel like you've got this all together, but I've never felt more inadequate to do something God has called me to do and told me to do than parenting. I remember when we had our first child and we go, we're in the hospital for three days. And then after that, they go to discharge us. And so they walk us out and, you know, they're wheeling Katie out and with a little wheelchair, they bring us up to their car. I've got the car seat ready. 
We go, we put the baby in the car seat. It's like the most like, you know, fragile little thing in her little arms. We're doing the whole car seat. And then the lady's like, okay, y'all are good to take off. And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, aren't you coming with us? Like, what, what am I supposed to do? We're like, well, you've got it. I'm like, we're not trained. Do you know who we are? Like, we, we can't take care of anything. We can barely take care of ourselves. How are we going to do this thing? I remember it was even our first night. The, you know, Lily went and sleep well, and she wasn't eating good, and we're all freaked out, and we're crying, and we're going, we can't do this. And I remember the pressure, and then the pressure grows in every season, in every stage. How do we do this thing well? Like, how do we win this thing well? Just because you had parents doesn't mean you know how to be one. And just because you were a kid doesn't mean you know how to raise one. And just because you have a child doesn't mean you know how to raise that child in a godly way. So let me help you figure out what it means to do parenting God's way and in God's path and how to have God's results from it. Because the pressures put on parents is overwhelming today. I I was writing out some of the pressure thinking about it, you know, like, hey, here's some of the pressure. You got to make sure your baby's on a good schedule, a good sleep schedule. Then that toddler has to be quiet and well-behaved. Whatever you do, don't have them throw a tantrum in public. Then you're like, are your kids kids eating enough vegetable? Are they getting enough time outside? Are they getting enough exercise? Do you sign them up for sports? Are you keeping them off their screens? Are they making good grades? Are they involved in extracurriculars? Are you teaching them how to cook, clean, change a tire, manage a checkbook? Have you given them enough love? Are you giving them too much love so you're spoiling them? Are your teenagers always in a good mood? Do they have friends with the right people? Are they dating the right person? Are they gonna marry the right person? When do I need to intervene? Do I need to tell them how to raise their kids? How do we do this thing? called parenting. And by the way, in all of it, they should all be thankful that I'm their parent. (laughs) The pressure is overwhelming. The pressure is intense. So how do we do this? Well, I wrote it down this way. Ready? If you don't define your parenting priorities, the world will. And you've got to learn how to do this well. And you've got to figure out what does it mean for us to win at this thing? And Katie and I developed these three goals early on with our children And they have defined everything we do as parenting, these three goals. And these three goals are absolutely crucial. And if we get to the end of this thing, we'll know we won if these three things happen. But it's all founded in this verse, and I want to give it to you in Psalm 127. The Bible says, unless the Lord builds the house, the builders, or we could say the parents, labor in vain. So you're doing this thing, it's pointless for you to put in your effort unless the Lord is involved in it. If you're doing it God's way. And then it says this beautiful phrase. I want you to see it right there in verse three. Children are a heritage from the Lord. Offspring, a reward from him. Some of y'all have teenagers and you're looking at that phrase, reward from him. Are you sure? I promise you, they're a reward from him. And then he gives us an example. He says like this, like arrows in the hands of a warrior. This is what parenting is. Your children are arrows in the hands of a warrior. An arrow is not to be sit there in your quiver. An arrow is to be pulled and sent out for a greater purpose. And it's the same with your children. Like we're we're so glad that God has given us this opportunity to raise them up. But I'm going to be so glad when we send them out and they're out of my house. Come on, to God be the glory. And, And this is the whole goal of parenting is that they win when they're sent out. And he says, like arrows in the hands of the warrior are children's born in one's youth. Blessed is the man or the woman whose quiver is full of them. And Katie and I took that literally. We're like, we're going to fill them up. Come on, somebody. We're 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 not going to have one, two. We're going to have five of those things right there. 
So what do we do? What's the goal of how to send them out well? Here's your goal. It's three things, and I want to break it down for you. Number one is that my children will love God. I want you to get this. When it comes to your job as a parent, your job, first and foremost, is that your kids love God. Notice I did not say they are a good religious person, they are polite in public, they are on the honor roll, they get into great university, they have a great job, they contribute to the society. None of that matters if they don't get this first part down. Your children need to love God. Write it down this way. The greatest goal of every parent is that their children surrender their life to Christ and follow him as their Lord and Savior. That is the primary goal. That is the responsibility that we have as parents to say, you know what, I want my kids to win in a lot of different areas, but the primary area is that they will love God. My parents did this so well. They raised us with this idea that the most important thing that we're going to have is our relationship with God. And it's the primary thing that they're going to push in our life. My mom and dad, they didn't shy away from the fact that faith is the foundation of our family. That heaven is real, and by the way, so is hell. And they were very clear with us. Hey, you're going to go to one of those two places, and if I'm going to have a say in it, I'm going to help you make the best decision ever to get you into heaven. Because the goal is not to get your kids into Harvard, it's to get them into heaven. And we have way too many people that are focused on the wrong thing. So I just grew, I grew up with a lot of the fear of God from my parents. Like, y'all still want to act like that? You want to lie, you're going to lie like that? The Bible says liars go to hell. Just want you to know that. Yikes. I grew up in a world where uh, we always thought the rapture was going to happen right away. Now, some of y'all don't even know what the rapture is. The rapture is when Jesus is going to come and take his church, okay? So we grew up, if you grew up in the 80s and 90s, we all thought the rapture was like going to happen like immediately. And so my parents, they, they just loved this. They loved the rapture. They loved the, the end times. They, they loved it. And they go, Aaron, are you ready? Are you ready? Jesus is going to come back tonight. Are you ready? I mean, they, they sit us down and like watch movies. And these movies are like, you know, married couples are walking through, you know, like walking in a park and then one of them disappears. The clothes are sitting there and they got raptured. The other one was left behind. And they'd look at me and they're like, Aaron, are you going to be left behind? You're going to be left behind? You don't get right with God. You're going to be left behind. I remember I'd wake up some mornings, come downstairs. I couldn't find anybody. I saw laundry laying on the floor and I go, oh man, this is it. This is it. I lost it. I, I missed it. I, I was left behind. I should never watch that movie. Should never done that. I'm left behind. I, I knew it. And then I saw my brother come along and I looked at my brother. And I'm going, well, that doesn't show me anything. I'm sure we're, the raps are still having. I'd always, I'd always go looking for my mama. Because how many know, if your mama was still here, the rapture hadn't happened, somebody. Come on, to God be the glory for a good praying mama. I had these moments. It was so instrumental in who, or what our life is. So here's your practical application for it. Ready? Make faith central to your family. It's the most important thing your family does is, your, is faith. It's the focus of who we are. That Jesus is at the center of this family. So we love our extracurriculars, we love our vacation, we love our business, we love all these things, but faith is the central part of this. Look at Deuteronomy, what a great verse, what it says, it says, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And then it says in verse five, which by the way, Jesus quoted this as the most important commandment that we are to follow, the greatest commandment. He says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments I've given you today are to be on your, what does he say? Your hearts. In other words, don't just know them, make them part of who you are. 
He says, these commands need to be on your hearts. And then he turns it to the, chil- to the parents. And I want you to hear this at all of our campuses today. You've got to understand this. Discipleship starts in the home. I love that you're part of a good church. I love all the different programs out there today. But it is your primary responsibility to see your kids come to faith in Jesus Christ. Like, like you, can, you can delegate a whole lot of things out to other people. Do not delegate their faith formation. Do not delegate the idea that, man, maybe someday they'll hear the gospel. No, let them hear it from you. Maybe somebody's going to pray for them. No, you're going to pray for them. Maybe someone will train them up right. No, I'm going to train them up right. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord because I'm responsible for my kids' discipleship. And look what he says. He says, these commands, I'm, they're on your hearts. And then he says this, impress them on your children. So take what's on your heart and put it on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, when you get up. I took those four things and I broke it down into real practical things you can do. Ready? Here's the first one. It's when you sit at home. You know what this means? This means this. Ready? It means that you are going to have family dinners with intentional discipleship. One of the great missing pieces of our culture today is that we've missed out and we've forsaken the family dinner table. And it is, I'm telling you, absolutely crucial to the development of your children. It develops, it develops communication. It develops memories. But I'm telling you, that family table, which for thousands of years has shaped the, the, the church and shaped families, is so crucial. Now, now, that doesn't mean, and so Katie and I are not perfect at this. This does not mean that every night we had this beautiful meal around the table. We're also what's called um, human and there's nights that we get home and we're exhausted and we look at them and we say, grab cereal, grab your screen, and you go by yourself. We don't want to see y'all the rest of this night because that's normal human parenting right there. But that is the exception, not the rule. The rule is that our family sits at dinner together. We talk and we're going to talk about the things of God together. We're going to invite grandparents and aunts and uncles over, different pastors over. We're going to institute this idea and initiate this idea that we are going to have a dinner table that disciples our children. Are y'all with me? Say yes. Here's another one. Ready? He says, walk along the road. When you walk along the road, well, Aaron, how does this apply today? Here's a real practical way. Ready? It's you're going to listen to Christian music in your vehicle. This is so important. And I'm telling you, I grew up in a, in a home where we just believed there was no music. I didn't even know there was other music that was out there. Because all we heard was contemporary Christian music all the time. And it was like, when we got in our car, it was the only thing we would listen to. My parents were so strict in this world. And I'm telling you, you want to go on a little battle? You, you bring on some any 80s and 90s Christian music, I can take you down by telling you every word, every little line of it. And, and, and let me just say, it shaped our life. It shaped our life. You have those drive times every single day or you have those moments. Fill your kids with God's word. Put on the Joy FM. Come on, let them just re- receive from God. Let them learn how to grow. Let them, let them get life-giving stuff into them. And I'm telling you, it'll, it'll shape them. Here's the third one. Look what it says. It says, when you lie down. What does this mean? Here's the third, the third one. Ready? It's prayers before bed. And I practice this with my children. My parents practiced it with us. Is that every night before they go to bed, I pray over them. And sometimes it's short and sweet. Sometimes I'm, you know, casting demons out of them. Come on, somebody. <laughs> it's intentional. It's every night I grab, uh, before they go to bed, they give me a hug and I, I put my hand around their head like this and I just pray over them. 
And I pray I say God's favor over them, God's blessing over them. You will, I speak this, you will change the world. You will love God. You will make a difference for eternity. We thank you that you're gonna have amazing dreams. I'm gonna speak God's blessing over their life. The last thing they're gonna hear before they go to bed is their father speaking life over them. And I'm gonna challenge you, single moms, single dads, no matter, you just pray over your children. Watch what God will do in their life. Here's the, the fourth one, ready? I love this one. When you wake up, when you get up. So what is this? It's, we just do morning devotions. And morning devotions have changed my life. My family, again, my parents were not perfect, but they were consistent. And that's a big difference. Your, your children don't need perfect parents. They need parents that are in the right pursuit. That's it. And then our pursuit is after Jesus. And they, my parents all the time, despite their mistakes, hey, we're gonna go up and do our devotions. We're gonna do our devotions. And you go, well, my kids are really hyper. Do you know who your pastor is? Can you imagine raising four of me? My poor mom, she was here in an earlier service today. She was, she was thinking, I'm like, the, the way that y'all sat us down and we we're all going crazy and everyone, and you kept us focused. And now I'm trying to do it with my five kids. It's like a lot of work and it's chaos at times, but I'm telling you, we're gonna get God's word in them. Katie and I have done this since they were early, 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 little, little children at our house. And we've gone through some devotionals. People have asked us, so I told you this series is gonna be ultra practical. People have asked us some of the best ones we've done. Here's the top four. If you wanna take your picture out, take your phone out, take a picture. Um, here's one of them. One, we do the New City Catechism with our kids. It just helps them recite um, the, the foundations of the faith. Um, Louis Giglio's indescribable books are fantastic. Um, I think there's three of them. We've gone through all three of them. Some of them we've gone through multiple times with our kids. They're all about nature and science and crazy facts. And it all points it back to the bigness and greatness of God. Um, my first hands-on Bible, this one is crucial if your kids are a little wild and crazy like mine are. And so my kids wouldn't just sit there and go, Father, teach us the foundations of the faith. They were a little wild. So what we did is we had this. This one, they're like acting out the different Bible stories, and it's always fun. And then uh, theology is great. It really helps the kids understand concepts of systematic theology at a young age. Here's the, the thing. You don't have to use these. You find your own, but get your kids involved in the foundations of the faith. Make faith central to your, their life because the number one goal is to get them to love God. Can I hear a good Amen. One more point on this and then I'll, I'll transition. Ready? Because the greatest impact of faith won't be the words you speak, but the life you live. So again, you don't need to be perfect, but you need to be in pursuit of God. Show them how you make mistakes, but show them how you love God. I learned everything I know about faith by watching my parents. I learned generosity by watching how they gave. I learned serving by watching how they served. I learned how to love and forgive by watching how they forgave people that hurt them. I'm telling you, they're watching what you do. So forget this idea that do as I say and not as I do, it'll never happen. The reality is your kids will model their life after you. That's why I say it this way. The kids don't need a motto to say, they need a model to follow. And that's what your kids need. They need a model to follow. So you can tell them how you make mistakes, but you can also remind them that you're in a pursuit after the fact that you love God and the number one goal you have for their life is to love God. Can I get a good amen today across all of our campuses? Number two, ready? My children will love their family. This is my number two goal for their, my family, my kids, is that as for our house, we're gonna enjoy each other, we're gonna love each other, and guess what? When they're grown, we're all gonna hang out together because the greatest Connection in a relationship is when the relationship gets to this place. Ready? And they say this phrase, I choose you. I choose you. That's the greatest area of love. Because now, right now, my kids can't choose anything. 
They don't even get to choose their food most of the time. It's, I make the choice. You're going to do this. You don't, you, you don't have a choice if you're part of this family. You're 10 years old or you're two years old. You're, you're part of this family. You don't have a choice if you're going to church. We're going to church because I'm going to choose it. But I'm telling you, I, I want to create an environment that's so good and so healthy and so fun that, by the way, that eventually they choose to be part of this thing. They choose to. Um, I found it interesting as I went through stats that kids who were the most rebellious usually came from homes that were the most um, rule-focused. Let me say it this way, and this is, this is not in your notes, and I'm kicking myself for not putting it in there. Here's the reality, is that rules without relationship always lead to rebellion. So if you have heavy rules, but you have no relationship, your kids will be rebellious. So I'm not saying get rid of the rules. I'm saying you need to foster an environment where relationship is key in your family. So how do we do that? Ecclesiastes says it this way. So I command, I commend the enjoyment of life. Like let it be enjoyable. Let it be fun. Let it be exciting because there's nothing better for a person under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be glad. Like let's have a good time. And then it says like this, then joy will accompany them in their toil all the days of their life that God has given them under the sun. In other words, when life gets tough, they're gonna have joy because there's some kind of place or some time where they can have enjoyment. And this should be your home. Write it down this way, ready? Parents are responsible for making their home a haven from the world's hurt. And this world is harsh. It's harsher than ever before. Social media is harsh. Schools are harsh. The environments are harsh. What's going on out there is harsh today. Your home should be a haven for your children where they go. It's not safe out there, but boy, is it safe in here. It's safe in here. I wrote it down this way. Ready? Your home should be a place to talk. Like you should cultivate communication in your home. And this is crucial because your kids are talking to somebody. I just don't know if they're talking to the right somebody. So what I've realized is I want my, the primary people that my kids talk to is to us. Here, another phrase, and I'm so frustrated I didn't put it in your notes, but it's a phrase I've lived by. Ready? It's whoever spends the most time will always win. So whoever spends the most time with your kids will always win. Make sure it's you, parents. You can delegate a lot of things. Don't delegate your time away from them. Because that time, that time, that communication is vital, vital to their life. Here's the second one. It needs to be a place to rest. Like they need to relax. Some of y'all are just like, we got to have this perfect. We got to have this schedule. Some of y'all need to throw out some of your schedules this summer. That's a word from God from somebody today. Because you're just, you're, you're so like, it's got to be perfect. The house has got to be perfect. It's always got to get clean. It's always got to be right. And just like, take a break. You want your kids to come home and go, I'm at home. I'm in rest. Here's the third one. Ready? A place to laugh. I love this. The older my kids get, the funnier they get. And they are funny. I mean, they're goofy. My wife and I were talking about, we were on a walk the other day and we were talking about it. We're like, man, they are, their sense of humor is hilarious. And one of my favorite things is we're sitting around the dinner table and we're just laughing. And I mean, I'm telling you, I used to have to fake laugh when they were like three or four years old. (laughs) Now I really laugh. Come on, parents, you know what it's like. You know, they're telling you something. You're like, this is not good. But now they've got us. I mean, like they're really good. 
And I'm telling you, we got to laugh together. We got to laugh at each other. We got to just make jokes. We got to, don't take yourself so serious. Like had this moment, I had, I didn't share this in the other service. This is so funny. I had this moment with the kids the other day. I was sharing my heart out about this amazing like, miracle thing that happened and how it affects their life. And while I'm doing it, I'm, I'm like, I'm like scratching my eye like this, but I'm sharing with them and I'm like doing this. And I didn't even know I was scratching my eye. So my kids, I'm like, so what do y'all think? They're like, all we can talk about is how you keep doing this the whole time. And I'm like, for days, all they did is walk up to me and go, Daddy, how are you feeling about that? I'm like, you guys are harsh. It's got to be part of our family. Here, here's the other, a place to grow. Like we're going to grow together. We're going to be developed together. So we're going to learn stuff together. We're going to be stretched together. Here's the other one. Ready? I love this one. A place to vent. They've got to have a place where they can air their frustrations where they can talk about what they're upset with, they're talking to somebody about it. I, I, I tell my kids, I'm like, kids, I love your friends, but your friends have, don't have something that daddy and mommy have. Ready? Your friends are so awesome. They have zero wisdom. Zero wisdom. So you can have fun with them, but you get wisdom from us. Because we're the place to vent to that you're going to actually get some wisdom. Here's the last one. Ready? A place to make memories. It's got to be a good time. It's got to be fun. It's got to be a place that we're, we're going to have a good time. And, and I'm telling you, we need to do this better. Parents, make it a point to have experiences together with your family. Like your vacation together. Like, like do some moments together. My wife is so good at this. It's like every Friday night, it's pizza night. It's Friday night. It's pizza and a movie. And I'll, I'll sit there and I'll, I'll have moments and I'm tired. or I'll have moments where I'm like, I'm trying to eat healthy. She's like, I don't care if you're eating healthy. We're eating pizza tonight because this is what we do. We're going to create a moment for our kids. We had a moment the other day where we're like, hey, well, let's do a big slumber party on the, on the living room. We're going to watch movies till late at night. And I was like, the last thing I want to do is sleep on the floor in my living room. But I'm telling you, it was the highlight of my kids' month right there. It's all of us eating ice cream, having a slumber party out there. Have moments where you just create memories because life isn't remembered in minutes. It's remembered in moments. It's remembered in moments. And you've got to create and you've got to cultivate those moments for your children and it's so crucial because that's the moments they're going to go back to. And those moments bond them together. And I'm telling you, that's what's so beautiful. Me and my siblings, we have such an unbelievable relationship together. Now, we're all best friends. We all like to go on vacations together. We, we go on vacations, don't even invite our parents at times. Because we're just like enjoying life together. Because our parents created and cultivated these moments that were so crucial. Let me just say this, and then I'll move on. Many of you guys have these seeds, these children planted into soil, your home, which is a soil of chaos. Do your best to create a healthy environment for these children to be raised in. So, so I want to honor our single moms, honor our single dads. I know you're working so hard. And many of you, I met even many in the foyer today where they're going, man, I'm just, I'm trying. I'm, gonna, I'm believing for God's grace to, to help me in this. And God can use you. God can use your life to impact those children. But let me just speak specifically to our married couples out there today. And I want your attention at every campus. Ready? The best gift a parent can give their children is a healthy marriage. So I want you to invest in your children. I want one-on-one -on -one time with your children. But the best gift that you're going to give them is the marriage that they see modeled in their life. And we have moments. My kids get frustrated with me. You and mommy are going off again. Y'all are going on a trip. Why do y'all do? Me and Katie do one big vacation every year just together. And it's like normally a week or something. And it's hard. It's hard for us to pull away. It's not hard for me. It's hard for Katie to pull away from the kids. <laughs> I never want to lie on the stage, you know. 
And they're like, How, why would you do that? And I'll tell them all the time, because the best thing I'm ever gonna give you in life is our marriage, is a healthy marriage. We're gonna show you how we honor and celebrate each other, because this is the home that we're creating. Parents, you can do this. So if you need to go to counseling, go to counseling. You need to go on a marriage retreat, go on a marriage retreat. If you need to do a vacation, get away from your kids and go on a vacation somebody. Invest in your marriage because it'll be crucial to the development of your children. Y'all still with me? Say yes. yes. Number three, we'll close with this one. My children will love the church. Those are my three goals. My kids are gonna love God, they're gonna love their family, and they're gonna love the church. And here's why I have this as a primary goal in my life. Because when I am no longer the primary influencer of them, and when now we became a more friendship involved and we're connected, now I have created in them a habit where now for the rest of their life, they're gonna be in a church that's gonna develop them to become who God's called them to be. And I'll tell you this, there's way too many priorities that take precedent over the church in our families today. And that is the reason so many of our kids are no longer following the Lord. And we're gonna end our service in a few minutes today. And I'm, I feel an overwhelming burden for our families in here today, especially for our families with grown children who are no longer following God, no longer going to church. And we're gonna pray and I'm gonna come in authority and we're gonna walk in, we're gonna believe God for prodigals to come back to the faith. We're gonna do it in just a second. But before we do it, I'm gonna challenge our people in here today with young kids. Get your family in church. Make it a priority. When I was growing up, it was never optional for us to go to church. Never optional. And by the way, this wasn't like Radiant Church, one 70 minute service a week. This was like, we went to a thing called Sunday school. You don't know anything about no Sunday school. Sunday school was church before church. And then we get done with that. We go, great, we learned the lesson. Let's go to the buffet. No, no, no. Mama said, no, we ain't going to the buffet. We got now to go to church. And our church was about three-hour service. We're going to experience the whole thing. And then we're going to be there for all that. And then we get done, and we're all exhausted. And we're going to go and go to our little buffet, and we're going to go home. And then we're going to take a little nap. And then guess what? She's waking us up going, now we got 6 p.m. We got Sunday night church. Sunday night church? How much church can we take? Is he preaching the same message? No, different message, different thing. We wait there. I'm just sleeping underneath the pews. I'm stealing communion wine. I mean, not wine. You know. <laughs> Had to have a little fun. Come on, somebody. But we were going to make it a point. We were at church. Then we had Tuesday night prayer meeting. You didn't know anything about no Tuesday night prayer meeting. We were at Tuesday night prayer meeting. Then we're at Wednesday night youth group. We're at, we're every Wednesday night, where are we going? We're going back. Well, we have basketball. Well, you tell your coach you can't go to basketball on Wednesday nights because our, our family goes to church. Well, that seems extreme. All four of us, all four of me and my siblings, all four of us, all four have gone through seasons where they have uh, just, you know, my siblings have all had seasons where they've been, they've had walked away from the Lord or had issues or had struggles. But even during all, every one of those seasons, all of them were always in church. It was such a habit that my parents created in us that even in their most rebellious moments, they never left church. I mean, Friday night revival. I don't even know anything about a Friday night revival. Just always, we're always, we're doing it. It was like what we did as a family. I'm telling you, I learned how to love the church from my parents. I watched them give to the church. I watched them serve the church. I watched them make disciples to the church. I, I watched them go on mission trips to the church. I love the church. I love it with all my heart. We're now building an unbelievable church because my parents said church is a non-negotiable for our family. 
Hebrews says it this way, let us consider how to stir up one another in love and good, good works. Like, hey, let's, let's learn how to change the world. And then he says this phrase, ready? Not neglecting meeting together as some are in the habit of doing. And some of y'all know who you are. You're like, well, you don't understand the golf game that's on and you don't understand. It's a beautiful day and the boat is so beautiful. You're, it's, it's not intentional, but you're training your children. Boating is the priority over family, over the church. Oh, oh, God's important, but not as important as a golf game. But encourage one another all the more as you see the day approaching. Write down your notes this way, because what one generation finds as optional, the next generation finds as unnecessary. And why do we have a whole generation that has walked away from the faith? We have a whole generation that's walked away from the faith because there's a whole group of parents who said, this is a thing we do, not the thing we do. Let's go back to Joshua. As for me and my house, we made a decision. Our family, we're going to love God and we're going to pursue him with our life. We're going to love our family and we're going to be a family and we're going to have fun together and we're going to laugh together and we're going to make memories together and we are going to love the church. We're going to be involved in the church. We're going to celebrate the church. We're going to be planted in the church and the Bible says if we do that, we will prosper and that's how we're going to live this thing. Can we get a good amen today, church? Let me close it with this statement, that I, this verse that I think is crucial to you. And I need you to understand this. The Bible says Joshua, the man that led them into the promised land. The, the man that, that, that brought them and saw miracle after miracle after miracle. The Bible says it this way, Joshua, son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. 110. That's going to be like your pastor preaching up to the 110th birthday. Come on, somebody. And it says, and after that whole generation had been gathered to their ancestors, another generation grew up that neither knew the Lord nor what the Lord had done for Israel. So you have a whole generation of people who experienced the things of God, had known God, but they didn't pass on their faith to the next generation. They didn't have those table discussions. They weren't going through those devotions together. They didn't know the importance. They thought because they made it, I'm sure they'll make it. And that generation grew up and didn't know the Lord. And look what happened. Then the Israelites, those who grew up that did not have parents that taught them the things of God. They did evil in the eyes of the Lord and they served Baal. Let me tell you, your kids are gonna serve something. You have to make a decision. Are they gonna serve this world? Or are they gonna serve God? As for me and my house, we are gonna serve the Lord. I'm gonna pass down this faith to the next generation. Because our greatest success in life will not be what we do, but it'll be who we raise. So I'm thankful for what I get to do. I'm thankful for this church. About to launch our ninth location. We're gonna take over Central Florida to God be the glory. By the time I'm done with this thing, there's gonna be 30, 40 locations all over. And we're gonna see tens of thousands of people reach millions of missions. It's gonna be amazing. Y'all are all gonna be at my funeral. We're all gonna be celebrating what God did. And none of that's gonna matter. None of that matters if those five kids don't know God because my greatest success will not be Radiant Church. My greatest success will be those five children that God's given me to raise. It's the same with your life. It's not the business you're building. It's not the brand you're trying to put together. It's not, it's, no, no, it's the people that God's called you to raise. So I'm gonna pray for you right now. Across all of our campuses, would you just close your eyes? If you're a parent in here today and you got kids at home, Lord, I pray over those parents with kids at home, I pray a grace over them. Come on, just receive that grace right now. 
you're a parent in here and you've got those kids and you're struggling and you're frustrated and you don't know what to do, Lord, I pray supernatural grace over them right now to do what you called them to do, that their kids, the kids of Radiant Church will love God, they're gonna love their family and they're gonna love the church. We believe it over their life right now. Lord, I pray for those who are praying to become children one day. Lord, I pray over those who are struggling with infertility or they're, they're, they're single right now and they're pr- praying about even who to marry because they want so bad to be ch- parents one day. Lord, I pray over them, God, that you would give them the desires of their heart and when you do, you would help them raise up children that love God, love their family and love the church. Use us for your glory. And now I pray for those whose children are grown. Lord, I especially come and pray for those whose children have walked away from the faith who are, who, are, who are bound by drugs and some of them are just distracted by the world or some are in, in lifestyles that don't honor you. God, I come in agreement right now and we pray in faith that you would bring our children back to you. Lord, we, we can't do anything about changing how we parented, whether good or bad. But at this moment, God, you can redeem it. At this moment, you can bring a miracle. I pray that we would hear report after report of children who haven't gone to church in years coming back to church. Children who are disconnected from God coming back to their faith. Children who are disconnected even from their siblings and estranged from their parents. Relationship restored. God, do a miracle in their families. And we believe you for it. We trust you for it. And we'll give you the praise because of it. In Jesus' name, we pray. Can we give them a little bit of praise today, church? Do you believe it? Do you believe it? I want to pray for the last group that's here today that don't know Christ. I want you to know you're in the right place. You might be the prodigal that God brought out for this moment. The one that's strayed away and your parents have been praying for you and some friend or some family member invited you. You're in the right place today. I wanted you to make a solid decision today to say, today's my day, I'm giving my life to Christ. Just every eye closed. If that's you today, throw a hand up to heaven right now and just say, today's my day, I'm giving my life to Christ. Thank you, thank you. All over this room, come on, throw it up high. All across every campus, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, this is your moment. Why don't we all pray this prayer out loud as we close this thing out. Say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I give you my past, my sin. I surrender to you. Thank you for dying for me for the rest of my life. I'm gonna follow you. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, come on, let's celebrate those who just made the best decision ever. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com. 